Hey y'all, you're now tuned in to the original podcast of A Stronger Foundation. Welcome. Some call me doctor, others call me Master T. You can call me anytime. I'm Sweet T, the academic architect PDO. That's planner, designer, and overseer of the academic success plan for kids. So tell your neighbor or call somebody and let them know it's that time. Hey, y'all, let's get building. Hey, welcome to the Academic Architects, episode number two. Parents gambling with their kids' education. So thanks so much for meeting me here to continue our discussion. Let's talk. It's like I said in the preview. See, unless you have a concrete source of measuring your child's true academic standings, you are literally gambling with your child's education. Gambling is okay in some instances, but I believe that some things just are too important to leave to chance. That is your child's education. Now that we're all caught up, let's consi consider some scenarios. Scenario number one, as your child reaches for the milk, you catch a glimpse of the expiration date. Now, Four days expired and suddenly you remember that you forgot to buy a fresh bottle of milk. In your mind, you can already visualize your child falling apart in a bitter tantrum if you dare try to stop them from drinking that milk with their favorite cereal. Let's call this then inevitable versus good luck. And you'll see why. So as you contemplate the best action to take, you consider the consequence of consuming bad milk. So your child will get a wicked tummy ache, which is sad, but then you figure it out in your mind and justify that it's an easy fix with a small dose of Pepto-Bismol and problem will be solved with no real harm done. Here's my disclaimer. Sweet Tea, the academic architect, is not telling you to give your child bad milk. Don't do it. Okay, so here's our second scenario. Two days of nonstop rain has produced an epic mud puddle and your child must, with a capital M, play in that puddle. You must choose your battle. And so you contemplate the consequence of an outbreak of ringworm. The inevitable versus the chance of escaping that faith with good luck. In your mind, you rationalize the consequence of the child getting an outbreak of ringworm. All the while, you hope your child is lucky and not get ringworms at all. 
but you justify your decision by considering that ringworms are fairly easy to cure with multiple applications of over-the-counter Lotrimin. So you quickly decide to avoid an angry child and you give in. Disclaimer, academic architect is not telling you to allow your child to play in dirty water. Do not let your child play in dirty mud. Let's move on. Third scenario, you're driving to Disney and the kiddos can't wait another minute to be there. But with seven miles left to drive, your low gas light flashes on. Then in the inevitable versus good luck, you decide to take a chance and drive on. But then you notice a smell of gasoline and shortly after begin to see smoke coming from the engine of the vehicle. You quietly contemplate the possible consequences. Hmm, do I just go for it? Stop it. You wouldn't dare take such a chance because the consequence is far too great. So to summarize, even though it is bad to gamble with old milk and ringworms, the consequences in each of those cases are equally reversible. However, it is not the same case when dealing with gasoline odor in a car that is transporting your family, your lifeline. For even if the consequence ends, ends up being reversible, the risk of even taking such a chance would be considered downright unjust, irresponsible, and unethical. In the same way, gambling with a child's education has irreversible repercussions. The worst type being fossilization of learned helplessness. Fossilization is a scientific process which occurs in the rock cycle. There are different types of rocks. The one of interest that applies to the analogies I like to use is called sedimentary rock. This particular rock forms by trapping sediments and miscellaneous objects as it forms. Then it gets hard and stays that way. Let's come back to this analogy. So again, I will ask, how do you know the academic status of your child? See, many of you will say that your child's school and teacher are your primary source of measurement. You will proudly pronounce that your child receives PR on all assessments, progress, and report cards. But what is PR and what does it mean? PR means proficient, but by what scale and by what far? Now, some may say, come on, sweet tea, let the kids be kids. 
And I am in full support of that idea. The part that concerns me, however, is what is normally meant by letting the kids be kids. It means let the kiddos learn whatever they can from the classroom teacher. Complete only the suggested homework, which usually entails less than 30 minutes of home practice. It means you are so fascinated with the child that it clouds your better judgment, causing you to just say yes to any and everything. Say yes to junk food and fast food at every request, knowing the detrimental effects on the child's future's health due to malnourishment of the cells. Say yes to allowing the child to stay up mad hours, knowing that growing kids require a limited number of sleep hours to stay healthy. Say yes to releasing the child from academic obligations, like reading at least 45 minutes a day, knowing it reduces areas of struggle. Am I suggesting that the child work in school from 8 to 2 p.m., then come home to an additional four hours of hammering? Absolutely not. I'm suggesting that you provide balance for the child and allow them to have a, a fair chance in life and be able to follow any path they choose and be capable of pursuing it. See, too often kids arrive at their destinies in life unprepared and must turn away to an alternative path due to their lack of a strong academic foundation. The academic success plan for kids embraces the concept of a well-balanced childhood, which includes time to prepare for the future, a combination of fun and learning equally balanced. Here's a truth moment. When a child is not held at a stringent, stringent guideline when they are young, they develop learned helplessness. And like the sedimentary rock, they become fossilized and hardened over time. See, then at the start of grade six, when real grades begin to appear on report cards versus X's and pounds and PR, the parent gets concerned. But then it's too late because at that moment, it's just like a parent trying to reteach a teenager new expectations after their personalities have already been set in stone like that sedimentary rock. Listen, it's awfully cute how kids seem to know exactly 
who they are and what they want to become. But even if the child has embraced a particular field they would like to pursue, they do not know how to prepare to enter that field. Meanwhile, you hear many parents declaring, my child's gonna be a doctor. My child's gonna be a veterinarian. Mine's it's gonna be an astronaut. And if you ask them what they're doing to make that child's dream a reality, <laughs> they'll proudly declare, well, I send them to school and they get a PR. This is Educational Gambling 101. Parents, even if your child seems to know what they want to be when they grow up, they do not know how to achieve that goal. Understand that. They need the adults in their lives to keep the authoritative role regarding their education, regardless of how independent they seem to be. So let's revisit the famous PR. PR means average. Yes, it's equal to or greater than 70%. 70% would be one thing if it was on the global PR scale. But what if you knew the PR scale your child is being held to is below the global scale? Here are some more truth moments. Teachers teach and the curriculum is, is great in general. But when students do not master certain skills, they, those skills are passed over into what I call a holding box, which eventually gets full. Now think for one moment, if your child has multiple learning gaps, yet somehow receives a PR or 70%, what are some possible reasons for that PR? Could it be that those skills that they don't know are not being tested or assessed? The holding box is where unmastered skills go to die. The thing is, unmastered skills cannot die. They can only lay dormant until it's time for their resurrection. And that's the beginning of sixth grade. And that is why at the time that a high percentage of students enter middle school, they tend to lack the stamina and academic foundation necessary 
to balance the rigor of the sudden escalating requirements. What's unfortunate for the child is that this is also that stage in their life when their rigor radar takes a drastic tilt towards the social arena where fitting in and finding themselves becomes a dominating distraction in which if they didn't already have a strong academic foundation, this period will surely be a significant life changer. It's essential for parents to introduce rigor to a child's academic experiences at the earliest possible stage because children are resilient. Let me tell you what I know. Children can do anything they set their minds to. And most importantly, they can accomplish anything an adult tells them that they can. That puts power in a parent's hand. So tell everyone you know that of all the things that may be gambled with in life, a child's education should never be amongst those options. Thank you so much for listening.